Welcome to the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer. If you're looking to grow and become the man and king you were born to be, you're in the right place. Each week, David will provide men with tools, tips, and strategies for their business, relationship, body, heart, and mindset. Get ready to rise into your passion, power, and purpose, and live your life to its full potential. Now, let's dive in. All right, gentlemen, what is up? It is David Mailer, your Man on Fire mentor. And as always, let's dive right into Q&A. You can submit your questions in the questions thread, and I will always do my absolute best to address your question and offer you up some support. And the support that I offer you, I can promise you, will not just apply to you, but will apply to a lot of the guys who tune into this. So before I go into answering the uh, questions that were submitted, I want to address something that, uh, you know, in working with thousands upon thousands of men, the common thing that happens in a lot of relationships is an affair. And one of the things that I teach men all the time is that an affair does not end your relationship. How you handle it will end the relationship. And I'll say that again. An affair does not end your relationship. How you handle the affair ends the relationship. So let's take a look at what do I mean by how you handle it? Well, the most common way of how a man handles the affair, and let's just go right now with um, the understanding that you're the one that had the affair. Let's say you're the one as the man that had an affair, said differently, you're the one that cheated, said differently, you're the one that leaked your energy outside of the marriage, said differently, you're the one that desecrated the sacredness of the wedding vow, the wedding vows. Okay, so if it's you, how most guys handle that most okay don't personalize this if you're not handling it like this great good for you but how most men will handle this is they will do nothing they will nope and what they say to themselves internally is i will take this to the grave i there's no way i'm coming clean there's no way i'm ever gonna say that i did this and then they will because they've they've signed on to the contract that i rather die than uh, let this out. I'm taking this to the grave with me, meaning I'm not going to release this information. So the question is, why do they do that? And the question is, what is the impact that it has on the relationship? Well, the reason that we would never want to come clean is for the mere fact that we don't want our partner. We don't want our friends. We don't want our family. We don't want uh, people that know me whether it's in the church, whether it's in the synagogue, whether it's in my business community, my work environment, whatever it is, you don't want people to change the way they see you. Oh, I, I thought you were a good guy. I thought you were a man of integrity. I thought you were a guy of high morals and high values. And we are terrified to give up this image that we have portrayed, this image that we have given off to the world and the strongest force in the world is our necessity to preserve our identity, how we want to be seen, who we think we are, and how we want others to relate to us. We will go to very great lengths to never give that up. So because you're terrified that if I were to come clean, this woman might walk out of my life, not only will she walk out of my life, I'll have friends walk out of my life, I'll have family walk out of my life, the kids will walk out of my life, and so I don't want to risk losing love. So we invisibly and unconsciously, subconsciously form the story of, I'll take this one to the grave. The other thing is, is that 
we don't realize that when we form that story that I would rather take this to the grave, we also have this illusion that, well, you know, things are good in the marriage right now, or they're not so bad, or we're not really arguing. So, you know, why would I bring this information to her when all it would do is upset her? Why would I bring this to her if things are good in the marriage and we've been repairing a lot of stuff? Why would I just come clean and all of a sudden bring her something that happened a year ago, six months ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Why would I dig up the dirt and why would I all of a sudden reveal this to her when I believe in my heart everything is pretty good in the relationship right now? And my simple answer to you is you're full of shit. You're lying to yourself. There is no way, I repeat, no way in hell that your relationship has passion, has intimacy, has trust, has what you want, that depth. There's no way it has that if you've been withholding a lie or multiple lies. You are kidding yourself and you have fallen into the great addiction that other men have, which is the addiction to a life of mediocrity. And you have lowered your standard for what it is that you want, what it is your partner wants. And as Tony Robbins talks about all the time, you get in life what you're willing to tolerate. So there's no way you have the rip-roaring intimacy where your wife looks at you as the hero and as the champion, as the king, and she worships you, not in a subservient way, but worships you out of deep respect. Because if you've disrespected yourself, if you're out of integrity with yourself, if you're out of integrity with your core, if you're out of integrity with your creator, if you're out of integrity with your soul, I can promise you what's going to end up happening next is you are going to show up in a lesser version of yourself. You are going to show up in a contracted state. You are going to become more agitated. You are going to become more judgmental. Maybe you'll walk with shame and guilt and it will show up in your demeanor, but you're not revealing why you walk that way. Maybe you'll sabotage yourself in your career, or maybe you'll try to overcompensate by kicking ass in your career, all to offset the fact that you've been out of integrity in your relationship. But most likely what will happen for most of you that have had affairs that feel that you would go to the grave with this information, for most of you, what will happen is this, and this is what I want to convey. You will start to judge your partner. You will start to nitpick and you will start to name, blame, shame, project, and judge your partner and find all the little things that irritate you that you don't like about her. Oh, who's that guy? Why are you going out for drinks afterwards? Why'd you get a text message from this person? Who's this Larry guy? And next thing you know, you're a detective. You're the guy putting the low jack on the car. You're the guy that's steamrolling her, gaslighting her, and coming from a place of force, not power, all because you are hiding a secret. All because you haven't come clean, now all of a sudden you feel you've earned the right to judge your partner for possible indiscretions or or uh, possibly leaking our energy in some way, shape, or form. I mean, how often have you masturbated thinking about other women? How often are you in the in your mind of fantasizing about other women? How often are you leaking your energy? How often are you containing your energy? I'm taking a deep dive into whether or not you should come clean if you've had an affair? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes, because until you come clean, you will not show up as the real you. You will have some form of buried shame and guilt. A part of you will feel like a fraud. A part of you will feel like a fake, a phony. And if you're not willing to own those parts of you, you will find ways to sabotage the relationship and you will eventually default into the naming, blaming, shaming, projecting, and judging your partner because you think 
your shit smells good and you think you're walking with a straight line and tell you, oh, well, that was 10 years ago. I'm a different guy now. Don't kid yourself. We know damn well that what you've buried is coming for you. We know that what you keep stuffing down keeps coming around. We know that what you continue to resist will continue to persist. And we know that what you continue to ignore, yes, it will continue to show up at your door. So you will have altered how you show up in the relationship and you change the lens of what you see in your partner because you've been out of integrity with her, with your soul, and you're terrified to come clean. So we have so many guys, they build the courage to restore the integrity, not just to their soul, their partner's soul. They build the courage to go home and clean up those conversations. And yes, she very well may decide to leave. But you know what? Her soul deserves the truth. You know, one of the greatest disservices you can ever do to another person, especially to your significant other, your wife, your queen, is get her to not trust her intuitive knowing. So she has a sense 10 years ago, I think you cheated. Uh, you know, she doesn't have the proof in front of her and you're not ready to come clean and you go into your denial. What are you talking about? You're just being jealous. Why, why would you say that? I would never cheat on you. And you know damn well you cheated. And next thing you know, you're teaching her, hey, babe, don't trust your intuitive knowing. Just believe that you're a little crazy and that you're um, a little jealous and, you know, you take things out of blow them out of proportion and uh, don't trust in your intuitive knowing and your intuitive guidance system, the very thing that a woman needs to survive. So the reason, one of the reasons that you have to come clean is you have to honor her in the deepest way and you have to let her know that she can trust in her intuitive guidance system because a woman without her intuition is not a woman. She needs to know that she can trust what she's feeling and what she's sensing. And we as men have to have the courage to not deny them the sacred privilege of trusting in that intuitive knowing. And so number one, you owe it to her soul. Number two, you owe it to your soul to come clean and to restore the integrity to yourself, restore the integrity to your relationship. This way, if you come clean, the relationship has an opportunity energetically to come back together and at a higher frequency, at a higher resonance with a greater level of intimacy, passion, respect, trust, love, all of that. But if you have signed the dotted line that says, I'm taking this to the grave, you will take it to the grave. In fact, we've had so many men come to our programs that have tried to destroy themselves through alcohol and weed and drugs. Yep, they're, they're going to take it to the grave because you hate yourself so much because you've been so out of integrity with your soul and living a lie for so long. It's fucking eating away at you. So what's the antidote? The antidote is simple. It's in the Bible, right? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to quote the Bible, but it's the truth shall set you free. There is the only one way, and it's to tell the truth, to grow back your integrity, to really cleaning shit up and, and honoring your soul and honoring other people's souls by restoring the truth, by restoring the trust, by restoring the integrity and the relationship by coming clean. And yes, the risk is somebody might leave you. Somebody might walk out of your life, but at least you can walk with chin up, head tall, chest up. The burden is off of your chest. The burden is off of your shoulders. You didn't do it to relieve your own burden. You did it to restore the integrity to somebody else's soul that you were dishonest with. But the antidote of coming clean is you no longer have to walk with as a fraud and with shame and with guilt and feeling like you're a fake and a phony. You get to start to, for the first time in your life, walk with coherence and congruence and authenticity in full alignment to who you truly are. So for those of you that heard this and you feel other guys in your life 
need to hear this. Let them know about this recording. Oh, you got to hear this recording that David Mailer, this guy, he's you know the man on fire mentor. He just went off on this thing about cheating and why guys should come clean. Share this with them. They need to hear this because there are guys today that are going to have a heart attack because they're trying to bury this shit. There are guys today that are putting a gun under their chin because they wanted to bury this shit. There are guys today that are drinking or swallowing pills and zoning out and eventually going to lose their life because they're so afraid to look in the mirror. There's so much shame. There's so much guilt for living out of integrity with their soul that they are trying to kill themselves. It's not conscious. It's unconscious. And we have to help these guys. We have to let them know that there's a better way. And the better way is to learn how to restore the integrity to your soul. And the way you do that is by telling the truth. And we have the tools in place in our Man on Fire Brotherhood to help you gain the courage and the self-respect where you start walking with integrity once again in your life. All right. Let's get to the questions that were submitted. I'm doing something wrong. I reached out to an old girlfriend in October of 2019 and we started dating. Everything was great at first, but after one year of seeing each other, communication started Communication started disappearing. I asked her to come to me and talk to me about it, to feel free and safe. I left it open for her and things went even colder to the point where now, after one full week of no communication, I left her a voicemail saying, I hope you're doing good. I've been hoping to hear from you. If you're interested, call me. I would love to hear from you. She texted back minutes later saying she was stuck on the phone with Comcast and would call me when she's done. That was three days ago. Lies, excuses, unfaithful. What do you think? Since you asked me what I think, I'll tell you what I think. I think that you have missed the boat on what's going on. I think that you are bringing a level of desperation into the relationship. I think that you are bringing codependency into the relationship. I think that you are bringing the softness of your feminine into the relationship when your masculine needs to show up. I think that you've been lacking presence to really understand why did it come to this? What was I missing? What was I not present to? What subtle cues did I miss where I wasn't sensitized to understanding that there's a bigger problem underneath the problem? The problem started before she dropped out of communication. What is it that you're missing? Maybe she's out of integrity. Maybe you're out of integrity. I don't know. What I do know is that you probably drop the ball on having presence of addressing and confronting when the energy started shifting in the relationship. What most men do is they bury their head in the sand and pretend the problem's not there. I call that the ostrich syndrome. What other guys do is they refuse to put out the brush fire and address it. So where was the first sign that things were going in a direction energetically that were a little different and what prevented you from saying, hey, I can sense something's off. I can sense something has changed. Talk to me, I'm here. And from no place of desperation, from no place of codependency, from no place of seeking mommy's approval, being a yes man, being a pleaser, none of that shit, diving into the conversation saying, I'm here, talk to me, what's going on? You know I'm crazy about you, you can tell me anything, what's up? And getting her to communicate. And guess what? If you have a soul standard for love, and guess what? If your partner is not ready to live at that level of integrity and authenticity, and then you cut the cord because you know what who you are and what you deserve and you deserve self-respect. But but by what you wrote at the end here, you know, that lies, excuses, unfaithful, like that's got victimhood all over it and that's got blame all over it. And I want you to look in your own life. Where where are you the victim? Where are you where are you playing the victim and where are you playing the blamer? And what responsibility and ownership do you take for what you've attracted into your life, right? There's no fault here. There's no blame. I'm asking you, where can you take conscious ownership and responsibility for what you've attracted? And where did you drop the ball on confronting the bigger conversation? Let's move on. All right. Let's go to, reminds me of like Warner Wolf back in the day. Let's go to the videotape. All right. Shane, that sounded a little bit like Get Smart. 
My wife texted me yesterday saying that I should start looking for housing long-term. We're currently living separately. She said she doesn't mean to be cold, but her decision to move on with her life is 100% because of all the hurt and trust issues in the relationship. She's agreed to meet next week to talk, I suppose, about the separation agreement. It sounds like this is the end and that divorce is inevitable. How do I approach this conversation? I don't know, you know, where the betrayals began. I don't know where the breach of trust happened. I don't know the degree to which you had broken microagreements. I don't know where she started disconnecting from you. I don't know how often you weren't willing to confront the energy of your relationship and you just let it go to where it got to. I don't know if there's been indiscretion. I don't know if there's been drug use. I don't have enough information. What I do know is that if you love this woman, you tell her, I'm going to honor your decision, but it's not the truth in my heart. I believe that we're supposed to be together. And by the way, Shane, this isn't about getting my words. This is about, she needs to feel your energy. She needs to feel your masculine presence. She needs to feel your fortitude. She needs to feel that you get the degree to which you've hurt her and you haven't shown up in the fullness of your masculine leadership and that you get the impact that it's had on her and the breach of trust that it's created and how you've been out of integrity with your soul and out of integrity with hers. And you are going to have to penetrate her. You're going to have to penetrate her to the core where she can feel your words and she can feel your masculine fortitude and she can feel that you're back in the remembrance of who you are, shining your light like the portal of remembrance, the lighthouse that you're born to be. And if you can't embody that energy, which, by the way, most men can't, and it's no knock on them. I certainly couldn't, not until my mid-40s where I learned how to do this and now I'm teaching other men. And if you can't, chances are you're going to lose her. So you're going to have to have a deeply penetrating conversation with her and let her know what you really want, not from a place of desperation or codependency, but telling her that you do anything, anything to, to um, bring love, love and restore the integrity and the trust back into the relationship and that you'd spend the rest of your life earning back her trust. And you're not saying this like, please, mommy, don't leave me. That's not the fucking energy. The energy is coming from your masculine presence of, I know that we're supposed to be together. I know that God put us on this earth to be together. This is our soul contract. We could work this through. It's too easy to leave. It's too easy to walk away. And then I know you're thinking, she's saying, no, it's been too, one too many hurts. I've already made up my decision. Please honor my decision. And you're going to have to decide, you know, how do you honor the energetic boundaries that she's trying to lay down? And like I tell all the guys, it, it's as much as you want her back, the truth is you're lost. The truth is you got to get yourself back because she comes back tomorrow and you haven't grown, you haven't changed, you haven't done the work, you'll lose her again. I say this to all the guys. It's never about getting her back. It's about getting you back. Love is never about really the other person. It's about loving yourself enough to grow enough and get yourself back and show up as the real you. When that, when that happens, who knows what's going to happen down the road in the relationship. Maybe the divorce leads to remarrying. Maybe the divorce leads to you meeting, some, meeting somebody else. I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. What I do know is that a lot of guys that are reaching out to me, that there's such a depth of desperation and, and shame and guilt. And I can help you see what your pattern is. And the antidote is simple. You got to choose to grow and you got to join a community that's going to support your growth, which is what we do in our brotherhood. All right. How do you deal with a partner that always twists things and then blows it out of proportion? You look nice today. Is met with what's wrong with what I'm wearing. I happen to like it. Also, when I go to the office to practice some of the stuff taught in Code Red and I let her know in advance, I get told about how stupid I sound and that it's just a waste of time and energy. All right. You know, I, I've followed, I have followed a lot of your um, uh, messages and questions that you've submitted, and I'm going to give it to you straight the way that your soul deserves. Um, there's a lot of toxicity within the dynamics of your marriage, and there's a lot of um, wounding that you you both you both need to heal, and you're trying to grow yourself, 
And, you know, my guess is, is that um, you've had a tough past. You've had a lot of trauma and you've had a lot of hurts and you've had a lot of wounds. And, you know, you're going to have to begin the courageous uh, journey uh, of growing yourself as a man. And, you know, this fall that you had, this accident is no accident. You know, the question is, you know, why did this happen, right? Why, why did you hurt yourself recently where you fell down and now all of a sudden you have paralysis? You know, where were you having paralysis in your life that now is showing up as paralysis in your body, right? I, I have a friend uh, that I went to chiropractic school with. He said he was in the paralysis of making a decision about whether or not to leave his wife for five years. And that led to um, him having a stroke and having paralysis. So you don't just randomly have an accident. Oh, how'd you, how'd you fall? Oh, I had a skiing accident. Oh, I, I fell downstairs. Oh, oh, I tripped. Yeah. But the question is why now? Like what is spirit? What is soul? What has God been trying to tell you that, that we're so stubborn that it had to come to this degree of accident? Like what, what signs have you been missing where the whisper has been speaking to you? Soul has been speaking to you. God's been speaking to you. The angels have been speaking to you. The masters have been speaking to you. The spirit guides have been speaking to you. The archangels have been speaking to you. Where have you been? Right? No blame, no shame, no judgment, but where have you been? Where have you been, guys, that we're tuning out all of these messages telling us to live with a higher level of integrity and authenticity and congruence in our life, coming more into alignment with the real us? Like, how long are you going to shut out soul? How long are you going to violate yourself? How much longer are you going to betray yourself? And what else has to fall apart in your life? Your body, your marriage, your finances? What has to happen? For you to wake the fuck up, does it really have to come down to a traumatic accident like this? And the answer is no. So with the greatest of respect, because I, I can tell you're just such a genuine, sweet man, but there's so much toxicity in your marriage. I don't even know where to begin other than to tell you it's time for you to reclaim your self-respect and create boundaries where you no longer violate yourself. And when you have boundaries for yourself, you won't allow yourself to be violated by anybody. People don't disrespect us. We disrespect ourselves. I have an energetic boundary and nobody's going to violate that boundary. I don't ever think somebody violated me. Unless you're a five-year-old boy and you got molested, that's different. And I don't take that lightly because we have a lot of guys in our community that have come in and they've had a history of, of sexual abuse. And there's a, whole, there's a whole topic I can do on that. But as an adult, nobody violates you. You violate yourself. It's self-betrayal. So my, my suggestion is to stop betraying yourself and start – Start start living in your power and start making decisions from a place of where how do I honor my soul? How do I respect myself? What would I make? What would I do if I was fully honoring my soul? What different decisions would I make if I wasn't betraying myself? You'd live a different life, guys. So there's a lot of there's a lot of wounding in that marriage, or the shit that you guys are fighting about and arguing about. It goes so deep. You know, you're gonna have to go back and watch all my videos to learn how to restore the trust and integrity. All right, let's move on, gentlemen. Let's move on. I need help to learn how to give her space that she needs to better herself. I'm tired of being angry all the time and using medication as a crutch to hide the real truth. How do I feel better about myself and tell myself that everything's going to be okay and work itself out? I've lost my balls, but I've given them to the devil and not God. I want to get my relationship better with God. Thanks for being honest, man. All right. You know, for those of you that have been tuning in every week, you're going to hear me saying the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, what you need to know is most of us didn't have a masculine role model. Most of us didn't go to man school. 
Most of us didn't learn how to authentically own our balls and own our power and live with passion, power, and purpose. Most of us grew up seeking the feminine approval, started with mom then school teachers. The next thing you know, you developed some softness. The next thing you know, you're a pleaser or a yes man and you're walking on eggshells and you turned your wife into mommy and you want her approval. And then you're walking around jealous and agitated and trying to control her using force as opposed to being in your power and just owning yourself and bringing her that penetration energy. And instead, because you haven't learned to cultivate your penetration energy, next thing you know, you become a pleaser. And you know, you provide and you protect, but you don't bring the penetration, you don't bring the presence. And that is going to eradicate trust. She's not going to uh, trust in you. She's not going to open to you. Her heart's not going to flower because she sees you as a wounded little boy. She sees you as somebody that wants mommy's love. She sees you as somebody that's codependent. She sees you as somebody that's gaslighting, steamrolling, using logic out of your head and not in your heart. And this is what happens to all of us, most of us. Chances are it's been happening to you. So what do you do is I'm going to tell you what I tell every guy. You get involved in a culture that will support your growth and you do it where you start to value time more than you do anything else in this world because time is the commodity that you will never get back and what i mean by that is you know if i want to learn for example how to trade cryptocurrency i got to hire a master i'm not going to try to figure it out on my own why would i spend years figuring it out when i can hire a master if i want to sculpt my body i'm going to hire a trainer I'm going to hire somebody that, that knows how to sculpt their body and somebody that has done it for others, and I want to see the results. If I want to improve my golf game, I'm going to hire a pro, and I want to I want to speak to 10 people that he's helped, and I want to know that it's lowered their handicap, and I want to know what his handicap is. I want to hire a master. I want to hire a mentor. I want to hire somebody that's already ahead of me in this area of my life. If I want to become a multi-multi-millionaire, I'm going to hire somebody that teaches around finances and how to create abundance and prosperity. I want to develop, you know, have real estate developments and do things of this nature. I'm going to hire a professional. I'm not going to, you know, start reading books and watching videos. Yeah, I'll do all that. But if I want to expedite the process, if I want to compress time, you hire a teacher, you hire a mentor, you hire a master. That's the antidote for life if you're valuing time as your most precious commodity. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do is simple. You got to immerse yourself into a community, into a brotherhood that will see past your bullshit, hold you to the highest standard that your soul deserves and uh, consistently challenge you and support you in your growth. And that is what we've created in our Man on Fire Brotherhood. And it's an opportunity for men to start learning how to be a man again. And there's no shame in not having learned these skill sets. There's not necessarily a strong father figure that we learned this from. And most of us didn't learn how to get with our emotions in a healthy way. So we push down our anger because we're, we're worried we're going to hurt somebody. Or if we express this anger, I'm going to lose love. So next thing you know, we don't have emotions and therefore we lose our leverage to make change in our life. And we're just walking around as zombies stuck in our head and still wounded little boys, you know, jealous and, and trying to control our wife because we're insecure. So what's the antidote? The antidote is you, you got to learn, you got to learn to grow yourself as a man. And, and you're not going to get it from a book, guys. Sorry. Sorry. It's not going to come from head knowledge. It's going to come from body wisdom because the body will never lie. Like the mirror will never lie and your marriage will never lie. It will always reflect the truth. No matter what words come out of your mouth, you're going to need the body wisdom, not the head logic, not the head information. No more analyzing. No more trying to learn it Learn it through books and, and DVDs and and audio files and all this stuff, it's time to get it in your body. This is exactly what we teach guys. So 
well, you know, my, my friends can help me. No, they won't. They want, they want your love. They don't want to lose your love. So they're not going to challenge you and push you. Well, I'll talk to my pastor. I'll, I'll talk to somebody at the church. They'll never push you. They'll never help you grow your balls back. No offense to anybody who goes to a church meeting and anything like that. I'm not saying that they're not giving you good information. They're never going to challenge you and push you the way that your soul requires. And they're never going to hold you to the fire. They're never going to hold you accountable. It's never happening. If you have that in your life, good for you. But chances are you wouldn't be listening to me right now if you had that. So what do you do? Well, I've already figured it out, right? I'm almost 54-year-old man. I'll tell you how to do it. Get involved in a culture of men that will hold you to the standard of your soul. Man on Fire is one of those organizations. It's one of those companies. It's one of those groups. It's one of those brotherhoods. Are there others out there? Fuck yeah. If you're resonating and jiving with our message, great. All right. Let's move on. My wife and I have been together for 12 years. Married for just over a year. We've had lots of arguments lately. She's also battling through a depression episode right now. She asked me to leave for a couple of days and give her space. I'm going to do it, but I believe she's already done. I'm lost. What should I do? All right. What you need to do is take some honest inventory of what's really going on here. When did the betrayals begin in terms of you not addressing the energy at hand? When did you start burying your head in the sand like an ostrich and not really addressing what needs to be addressed in the marriage? Where have you leaked your energy? Where have you been out of integrity with yourself? Where have you broken micro agreements? Where have you not fully shown up in the marriage. Now, please understand for those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm not looking or seeking to put any blame um, on, on the man. This is not about blame. This is not about shame. This is about uh, the men that find their way to our community. I'm challenging you always, always, always to take ownership and responsibility for the knowing that everything that's happening in your life right now is because of you. Everything in your world is because of you, everything. And if you want to have a different life, you have to change you. Everything you're seeing that's happening in your life, in your world, is what you're giving off. You're an antenna projecting a certain vibration, a certain frequency, and everything that's coming back to you is in relationship to what you're giving off. So if you're not happy in your marriage, you got to change you. If you're not happy in your finances, you got to change you. If you're not happy in your career, you got to change you. If you're not on purpose, living your mission, you got to change you. If you don't have the health you want, you got to change you. you. You can't point your finger because uh, a marriage is your mirror for the parts of you that you need to look at. Well, what are you talking about? She's the one that's depressed. Yeah, well, why? Why is she, why is she down? Why is she, why is she hiding behind feeling down and feeling unworthy and feeling unlovable and feeling like she has no energy? What's going on in the marriage? What's going on in her life? What, what, what haven't you guys addressed? What haven't you looked at? What rock haven't you turned over? And you got to take a look, you know, who have you showed up as in this relationship? Have you showed up as the empowered masculine leader where you're the captain of the ship and you are, and she knows where you're fucking headed? Have you been the wounded little boy? Have you been the pleaser? Have you been the yes man? Have you turned her into mom? I have no idea. So maybe something's going on that's depressing for her. So she's acting out depressed because she's dropping to a lower energy state because she doesn't know how to get in touch with her rage. She doesn't know how to get in touch with her frustration. And what most people do that don't have the permission to go into these emotions that would usually lead to taking action and making change because emotion is leverage for change. We default to a previous energy state or a lower energy state said differently. Next thing you know, we act depressed and we act down. And next thing you know, we get rewarded for that. People pay attention to us. We get to talk to a therapist. We get to talk to friends. We get to be with a feeling that's familiar. We get connection. We get significance. I got this problem. Their doctor told me I'm depressed. And there's, you know, no, no, 
not any part of me is making fun of anybody that feels this way. My mom lived like this, but the truth of the matter is it's not so much that people get depressed. They do depressed. It's like you're doing depressing shit. If you focus on depressing stuff, if you hold your body in a depressing way, if you don't move your body, you're going to be what's called depressed. Anyone could do depressed and anyone could do happiness and anyone could do joy. Anyone could do jubilation celebration. We, we do it. We don't get it. We do it. So what do you do is you got to bring the, the most congruent version of you forward and, and let your wife know how much you fucking love her and that there's nothing you wouldn't do to get her supported and open to me, you know, talk to me, help me understand what's really going on. Where have I failed you? Where have I not shown up that you don't, that you want separation right now? You can tell me anything. And, you know, you cut the cord of codependence. You don't come to her like a wounded little boy, like, mommy, please don't leave me. Like you come in and you grow yourself and you come in in a space where you could hold presence for what she's going through and ask her the questions that are deeply penetrating. All right. I've always kept stuff inside until I finally explode. I've never seeked help before or even considered it. I've had a bad childhood and bad first relationship, which made me have trust issues, jealousy issues, and hold everyone accountable except the ones I should have taken out on. I'm almost 40 years old, and this lifestyle is all I know. And because of it, I've lost my previous wife, who I love very much. How do I learn to look through these issues, work to look through these issues or get rid of them? All right. So let me let me pull this apart, guys, so you can get some wisdom from this this uh, share. So for starters, um, when at, when we as men keep stuff inside, it eventually is going to implode. Whether it implodes through a heart attack, or whether it implodes where we act out passive aggressively or aggressively aggressively, you know, we as men learned, you know, don't cry, be the rock, hold it all together, don't show emotion, be Spock, be analytical, be logical, be level-headed. And where do these emotions go? And plus, when we can't connect to emotions, we have no leverage for change. When we can't connect to emotions, we're stuck in our head. So we're just walking around like, you know, a zombie. And the, the, the easiest way to lose a relationship is when a woman can't feel you, when you're, you're too much in your head. So we stuff it all down. We don't, we're afraid to be vulnerable. We think it's a sign of weakness. I don't want to, you know, show my vulnerability. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, we, we have this expression where growing up we were called, don't, don't be a pussy, which is a sexist remark. It's like, you know, we're taught not to feel and not to show emotions and to suck it up. And the reality is there's a huge difference of us giving ourselves permission to feel emotions as a man as opposed to a wounded little boy that's looking for mommy's love. And so, you know, one of the things that we teach our brothers is how to just feel, how to feel sadness, how to feel shame, how to feel guilt, how to feel rage, how to feel frustration. Like there's a beautiful way to feel these emotions in a very constructive way where it only takes seconds to minutes. And next thing you know, you become a portal for love because anything that you're willing to face and feel you can transmute it and transmit it back into a space of love. So the first thing that I want you guys to get from this is that, yeah, a lot of us stuff it down. And then what ends up happening is either it turns into us acting out where people don't want to be around us because it's like we're giving off the anger of anger and frustration, emotion of anger, the energy of anger and frustration, or, or it implodes. It becomes the heart attack or the cancer. Okay, next sentence. I've had a bad childhood and bad first relationship, which made me have trust issues, jealousy issues, and hold everyone accountable except the ones I should have taken it out on. So here's my perspective. No, it didn't. That's the story that you made of it. You had stuff happen to you when you were a childhood that might've been traumatic and you have yet to learn how to go into those traumas and go right into the center of them, face and feel them, and eventually turn them into a gift, eventually bless them, eventually fully accept the energy of what has happened to you 
where you could recognize that what's happened to you, there's a gift inside of it, but you've been living it as if you're the victim of it, as if you've been cursed by it, and you're excusing yourself because of this, this, and this happened. This is why I'm acting this way. And it's not true. It's because of the story that you made about it, right? We've heard from Big TR, like it's not your history that determines your destiny. It's the decisions you're willing to make today. So if you keep making the same decisions every day, we know what tomorrow looks like. So your history, gentlemen, is just your story, right? History is his story. He's just telling his story. Okay, this is what happened. Okay, great. So how are you a better person because of it? I don't want to know how it fucked you up. I want to know why, why are you a better person today because of it? Well, I never looked at it like that, David. Well, that's the idea. Ask a different question. Get a different answer. So instead of being cursed by your past and say, yeah, because of this, this, and this happened, I become jealous. I became not trusting and I became bitter. No, you chose to be that way. And you reinforced it every day and you used your past as an excuse. I want to know how is that, how could all that have turned you into a better person? Well, maybe you haven't had the courage to live into that version of you yet. Maybe you haven't had the courage to live into the gift of all those things where maybe it makes you a better man moving forward. Maybe it makes you a better father. Maybe it makes you want to protect other people. Whatever it is, there's a gift inside of all those hurts. The question is, are you willing to look? Because then you'd have to take responsibility to living as a higher vibrational version of yourself as opposed to being the victim of your past. All right. Next sentence is, I should have taken it out on other people. No, you, you just need to get with your own emotions. It's not about taking it out on anybody. You need to get with your own emotions and recognize that people don't make you feel a certain way. You feel a certain way because you possess those charges inside of you, those charges in the polarity, and then people activate it. People do things, people do things, and how you take it, how you receive it, how you react to it is your shit. What they did has nothing to do with your reaction. Your reaction is in direct relationship to what you've pushed down. And if you still have charges inside of you, then you're going to get activated by other people. You're going to overreact because you haven't dealt with your own shit. All right. So, yeah, I understand why you lost your previous wife. And I, I say that with, with respect for you because you probably were not easy to be around. You probably just kept exploding, you know, like a tea kettle ready to boil all the time. Um, so how do, you look, how do you learn to look through these issues or get rid of them? You can't get rid of anything. You can only accept them and then turn that energy back into love. And the more that you accept what's happened in the past, the more you have free energy available to you instead of it being bound energy that you've kept inside. So what do you do? Same thing I tell the guys. Get involved with a culture that will support you in connecting to those feelings. If you want to go see a therapist, great. If you want to join a men's group, great. Get involved with a culture that's going to get you to dig up these feelings, feel them, and turn them into gifts so that you can give more of yourself to the world. That's what we do with Man on Fire. All right. We're almost done, guys. We've got one more, one of my favorite guys that's hurting right now. I have a three-part question tonight. Where do you draw the line between generosity and people-pleasing? Beautiful question. Let's address that one first. Okay. We all want to think that we're good guys. We all want to be perceived as someone that's generous. And I can assure you that every single one of us has aspects of us that are good-natured, that are kind, that are generous, that do things out of, uh, out of an act of love. And then there's the and. And we have other parts of us that do things because we don't feel like we're good enough and we don't feel lovable. And we have strings attached, subtle forms of manipulation where we might be giving something to get. And I'm not even saying that it's conscious. Very often, we have a tendency to give, whether it's a gift, whether it's a car, I'll give you a baby, I'll give you a bigger house, I'll give you a lift to the airport, whatever it is, invisibly attached to that quite often is, please like me, 
The pleaser is really pleasing because he's saying, please like me. If I do this, 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 and this for you, will you like me? So I can feel like I'm good enough. So I can feel like I'm worthy enough. So I can feel like I'm lovable. This is what happens. So how you know is an act of service is selfless. An act of service is you do it because it lights you up to give others. You don't want anything in return. Like my friend one time, he held the door for this this woman and uh, and she walked through the door and then she doesn't say anything and he yells back, you know, you could have said, thank you, bitch. And I said to him, why did you hold the door for her? He's like, oh, because I'm a gentleman. My father raised me to be a gentleman. And I'm like, well, if you're a gentleman, why did you call her a bitch? And the point is, is that he didn't hold the door to be a gentleman. He held the door so that he could get something. He wanted to thank you. He wanted to be recognized. I'm a good guy, right? I'm a good guy, right? I'm a gentleman. Look, I did something good for you. I want the accolades. I want I want the thank you. You know, when you're doing something because you want something in return, it's not clean. It's coming from your own unworthiness, your own feelings of, of being unlovable. And next thing you know, um, it backfires because it's not it's not clean. So that's the answer to your first question. The second part of the question, how are you supposed to be present when your partner isn't present? Well, if you're present to the fact that she's not present, then I ask you through presence, why do you want to be with her? If you're present to the fact that your partner isn't present, why do you want to be with a partner that's not present? It's not a tongue twister. I'm present to the fact that my partner is not present. I'm present to the fact that my partner is disconnected. Okay, then be present to what you can do about it. Be present to what do you need to do to try to shift that. And if she's not ready to be present and she's not ready to live at the level that you want to live at, why are you with her? Which I keep coming back to that same question for you, brother. Why are you with her? And you're going to have to look in the mirror and, and, and be honest about that because you you have a lot to say about her. And you'll say, well, I'm with her because I love her. Yeah, but you – but you have so many things that you want to see change about her. You have so many complaints about her. What I'm starting to suspect, and this is the case with a lot of us, is we haven't learned to, to appreciate and love ourselves enough. And when we don't do that, we're going to disrespect ourselves and we're going to allow ourselves to be violated energetically. And we're going to cross have our boundaries crossed because we're not, we're not practicing self-love. Last part of this question. Um, how are you supposed to deal with a partner that is a habitual liar? And I mean, even to the point that can't remember what they said two minutes ago. Same thing is, why are you with somebody like this? I, I'm, I'm giving you the truth that your soul deserves, brother. Like if you can't, if you're with somebody that, you know, isn't present, consistently is not able to tell the truth, is self-absorbed, self-centered, the question to ask yourself is why? Why have I, why have I settled? Why have I tolerated? Why have I dropped my soul standard for love? Why am I with this person? And you can ask yourself that. And, you know, if if you've already taken your share of responsibility and ownership and you've worked on yourself to grow yourself and to see in response to you growing yourself, who's the woman that's showing up now that I'm being a more congruent and coherent and aligned version of myself. And it's obvious to you that this person doesn't bring the same level um, to the relationship that, that you deserve as a man from a place of respecting yourself and not from a place of blaming her. You, with humility and with humbleness and with compassion and with empathy and with love, you leave. You leave. You leave. You honor your soul and you leave. You, you don't have to get into a war. You don't have to change somebody that doesn't want to grow anymore. If you're proud of the life that you're living and you've learned to love yourself and you're living a life of congruence and authenticity and you're with somebody that doesn't want to rise with you, why are you with them? All right, guys?
please guys share with your friends let them know that there's support out there and if you know that you need a, a higher level of support to um, explore that with us then let us know let us know you'd like to speak to one of our coaches and our community manager will reach out to you take you to a series of questions to make sure that you're truly ready all right guys so much love thank you for being vulnerable with me and submitting your questions and allowing me to serve you all right guys have a great night Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. Then share with your friends and leave us a raving review. To connect with David, you can find him at www.manonfirerising.com or on Facebook. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer.